Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Neil Kitchen Baker Psychic Hour. Can't believe it's December already, December 1st. Time flies. It's just uh, 2022 coming up now. That's right. Well, soon we'll be dead. (laughs) Well. Well, what? (laughs) I don't know, but. (laughs) You should know. Huh? Hopefully you're not a psychic. Well, um, 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. Uh, so hopefully we'll be hearing from some of you, some of you today. Uh, we would love it if you joined us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile. And, of course, we love hearing from you as well. If you like our page, it's always nice to put a face with the name and uh, get the communication line established so we know who you are and um, you know we can figure out who you are when you're calling the show because sometimes it's difficult to uh, make that connection of who's following us and who's actually calling our show. Um, what else? What else? Oh, you know, we got our calendars. I should post a picture on Facebook of all of on our calendar. So thank you to everybody who donated donated to that cause um we received our calendars uh, right before thanksgiving and uh yeah she's now she officially a pinup girl <laughs> um, for her birthday we have to buy if she wants a bikini mm-hmm. so we have to yeah, they look say, into that for cats they say don't dress up your cats on halloween and really you shouldn't dress up your dogs either because they can't give consent and unfortunately because did we talk about this before yeah yeah yeah, don't do it. But people do. And the cover, actually, the cat on the cover is wearing a bow tie, though I don't think that's really too much, probably. A bow tie? Well, yeah. it's restrictive on the throat. Yeah, mean. but probably for a photo, it's... But a lot of people put collars on their cats with bells. So yeah, they don't so they're... Hurt. You know, the birds are alarmed. Um, <clears throat> there was something about... I, I read... I was looking at something about... Animals being nude. No, no, no. We heard about animals. It was something we were watching on television, I believe. Was it? Yeah. Animal videos? No, it was America's Funny Home Videos. They're saying about, he said something about animals have to be nude all the time. Oh, yeah. And then it was the segue into the forthcoming segment. Well, they're not really, they're not really nude. No, they're coats. They have coats. They have coats. They have coats. So, I was thinking that too, because obviously, you know, human beings are not 
I mean, we can't walk around naked and. I don't know why many we, seasons. you know, we weren't born with coats. No, we weren't born with coats, but we fashioned. But as we evolved, fashioned. I mean, we might have been more hairy in the prehistoric, in not prehistoric days, but in the early days of, of human existence, um, Cro-Magnon and things like that, Neanderthal men. Uh, there might have been more fur, um, more hair, human hair on the body as we uh, progress more into uh, homes and shelter that we evolve. Process of evolution, some, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you see, sometimes you do see men or women <laughs> with excessive amounts of body hair. So not everybody evolves completely yeah, out John of that. John Connery was born with hair, body hair when he was about, first came to the world. But you know what? The topic is about how or we have evolved as human beings from early, early, the early stages of humankind. And now in other forms of, of our existence, our souls actually advance with each energy field that we go through on the earth. So actually when we say we're an old soul, uh, we're born not as babies, but as older, we're, we're, our souls are older with a deeper, denser history. So actually, our souls evolve through time. Now, you can say that the soul is constant. We can, the body changes, ultimately deteriorates. The soul doesn't deteriorate, but it does have certain stages of evolving into higher energy. So you have a a rich, dark, deep soul, one that is filled with experience and, and the lessons learned and knowledge, and then you have souls that are resistant to it, the energy. The only thing that really... Resistant to the energy of progress? Of progress and, and uh, learning and, and comes in totally rebellious and somewhat primitive in form. Uh, right, and not then having any regard for for other human beings. Right, then you have a median. I mean, there's a median too. I think there there are souls that come in and they just kind of have a, a, a kind of easy easy existence in their in their formative years, and they don't they're not challenged really because they kind of have things handed to them on the physical realm where they don't develop their souls. Well, not everyone, you know, no one's off the hook here. If you come into a life of comfort and you 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 die in a life of comfort without really making progress. any advancements in your in your progression and growth, and that just doesn't mean that you earn more money or you bought another home or if you if your soul doesn't register that there's been an, an ample amount of human activity that has increased the, the welfare of the planet, then uh, being born into a life of leisure can be almost more challenging than being born into a life of poverty. They're both challenging, but the end, the end result is what have you done with your life? So everyone has that measurement of, that is somewhat challenging in terms of how one grows within any given lifetime. So having been born rich 
having a life of leisure. Well, you can even be born middle class and have somewhat of a life of leisure. I mean, taking care of yeah. comfort, and but you're not necessarily totally wealthy. But you know, it, it's it life is relatively easy because you're you've got all the basics taken care of and not a lot of worry. Um, yeah, is in the you know survival elements of life. I mean, mo- mo- most of us take care of our immediate needs and our immediate interests and our immediate desires. That's fair. And then uh, many of us extend that into doing some kind of work for fellow human beings or the animals or the planet. They do something on some measure, measurable level, and that's good too. But then there are those who seem to have sacrificed their existence for a cause. Now, those are the highest of human beings, uh, considering that the cause is just and humanistic uh, in nature. So when we give a measurement for those of us who have, uh, let's say someone has a restaurant and everybody loves their restaurant. Everybody comes to it. It's a warm gathering place. Well, you get points for that. I don't know if that alone will help someone transform. And if someone um, has a local bookstore and everyone comes to the bookstore and provides it, it's a it's a form for exchanging of ideas and knowledge, and the person has book readings and people come to speak, and it's kind to his custom his or her customers. Well, that's a good merit too. But to transcend into something higher where the soul has a severe mark of, of completion demands more than that. Well, you know, it reminds me of something. Uh, I don't know what it was that we were watching, but they were talking about a, what was it that we were watching? They were talking about a man, um, oh, it was a dog show, which, you know, that's another issue about breeding dogs. Uh, I have a little bit of a conflict about watching those shows because there's so many dogs in the world. And unfortunately, when you're breeding dogs, then shelter dogs are not getting adopted. People are buying dogs. But anyway, the dog show um, is fun to watch. And they were talking about one of the owners of, of the dogs. He wasn't the handler, but the owner of the dog had a mattress store in Texas. And what he's done is opened up his store for people who've been displaced by uh, natural disasters in Texas um, to, and, and has let them stay in their mattress store. It's provided beds yeah. for these people. So that's, I mean, those are, that's those a are further... chapters of, of extreme human kindness and, and generosity. And, and yes, they do, they are measurable. Is it a sacrifice? Not necessarily. He's providing, well, that person is providing sanctuary, so to speak. So that's, that's a major consequence. But there's a financial sacrifice, too, because um, oftentimes floor models of beds are sold. So there is a financial sacrifice. He's not sure. just getting those beds there's for a financial free. I mean, you can't sell them. They're donate used. donate to a, a worthy cause, that's a financial sacrifice, too. Right. But I'm there's talking a, about. But there's, a, but, the, but, but there's something a little bit more elevated about what he's doing because he's opening up there's his no business to strangers who have, may have questionable past. We don't know. There's no question about what you he's know? doing. There's no question about what he's doing. 
but in the and that's measurable. But in the in the density of sacrifice, I'm talking about people who completely devote their lives to a cause. Yeah, they different. give up their entire savings, they give up their existence to fight for a cause, to do something in their action, not just on paper or that they provided something, but it was still with a certain measure of comfort. And um, so I'm talking about the severe degrees of really getting into the depth of human activity. Yeah, that's, that's looking at this planet, not as a canvas upon which you can help people, but upon which you make a total, total sacrifice. And, and those are the few and four between people. And I'm not talking about when you read an obituary, oh, he was always laughing and he was always kind and he gave a shirt off the, his back to anyone who needed it. And, you know, he, he donated to this and he was chairman of that. That's very good. That, those are all very good. But they don't rocket out of the atmosphere of what is the, the ultimate sacrifice. And that is the ultimate sacrifice um, you know, if, if you're at the planet, the ultimate sacrifice would be, you know, you're in Greenpeace or you're, if you're a Christian, your ultimate sacrifice is you turn your life over to uh, Christ or, or you're a rabbi or, you know, you become totally devoted to religion. And you, if you're a priest, you live in poverty yeah. and you're helping just people. Well, I mean, that's you know. not exactly true, though. I mean, priests, I'll give you an example. I mean, priests <laughs> priest, priest are, are housed by the church and some of them have very nice No, no, I'm talking homes. about the ultimate. Ultimate, I understand. Like, and I there's understand. a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, people who leave their lives in their silver mansions. I'm not talking about that. I, I understand. I'm talking about the, the dirt and grime and sweat of a sacrifice. Which is not on any page of words. This is something above and beyond uh, in terms of making a severe, evolving effort to advance the soul into something of higher, of a higher caliber. Everything else is is great, but there is there are those who totally make a sacrifice for a cause, and there is absolutely really no comfort in their endeavor to help others or to assist the planet or, or to be devoted to a cause in such a way that they just made a sacrifice that most human beings are in awe of. They couldn't do it. So I'm not talking about those immediate measures of comfort that go along with sacrifice. Those are all fine and great. But And, and there are people who lead lives that are fantastic in terms of their accomplishments and, and efforts. But I'm talking about people who disregard all the immediate zones of luxury and comfort, and they're just totally committed to uh, the dirt and grime of, of a sacrifice for a cause, and they're committed to that specific purpose. Now, that gets registered in the soul, and the soul evolves with that in mind regarding to the topic at hand. And in that regard, uh, now we talk about how there are souls that are so advanced that we would consider them upon transcending to be saints. 
to be almost like angels, not angels, More literally, story. but like angels. Um, well, that's that, that's probably why uh, saints were designated <laughs> rather than calling people angels. Yeah. You know, we use angels as a colorful hallmark term, but well, yeah, it's, it's just humans it's, are not separate, angels. Yeah, never, they're never angels. No, we I have mean, to think that they are. They're not they angels. Um, but but in colorful language, we can refer to them as angels. There's no problem with that. But when we look at the 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 topic is, you know, how does the soul evolve? What is how do you measure the evolution of the soul? And for those souls that come back to the planet highly evolved, well, you can almost pick them out of the crowd. Well, I from, mean, from the way they respond to the planet. Well, let's talk though a little bit about about uh, those that do come into the earth and uh, evolve to a place of making sacrifices for others and dedicating their lives to helping people, but are you know not necessarily in the trenches, so to speak as far as the sacrifice that they're making. So some people, you know, do have the, like I said, you know, priests are housed by the church and they have their expenses paid for because they're, you know, employees of the church, yet they're in their field helping people and guiding them, counseling them, ministering to them. Um, uh, or there are people that, that help in other ways or dedicated to animals, but they have a home. So I'm measuring those people that are making an effort to to make sacrifices and are making sacrifices, but aren't necessarily like in the Peace Corps, living in total poverty amongst amongst uh, the 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 untouchables. I mean, you know, how is that measured in in the ultimate finality of judgment? Well, you, you know, I. How is it measured? I, I, I mean, are point, points taken away for those people that, that, that have comfort, a savings, um, but are still the dedicating their life away. and making points sacrifices? Are, the point's not taken away. They're gained. And, and so you don't, you don't get – you get points taken away when, you, when you're destructive. Right, but – But you don't get points taken away from making an effort. What, what happens is that the intensity and uh, the vibration of the soul increases with each sacrificial act. Um, and that, that is what the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice is that you lay down your life for your, quote, brother, is the ultimate sacrifice that you, you give your life for somebody else. And that seems to be, biblically, biblically speaking, of a, 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 a rare intensity of sacrifice um but if two lives are measured for example and obviously there's a history of the soul so it's not one life that 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 is considered when uh, you know after someone departs the earth it's not one life that's looked like it's the entire history of the soul but if you're taking two individuals who have lived their lives um sacrificing their lives as far as their egos and their creative desires for others and one has, uh, you know, helped others, but has had more comfort and security in their, in their, in their, in their lives versus a person who's completely given up those comfort, comforts and 
lives amongst those who are suffering and helps them. I mean, you know, there is a difference. There's a difference. And I know we're not looking at single lives when ultimately we're judged. However, you know, there is, there is a difference there. Sure. There's a difference. There's a difference. And, and the, the term is difference. You know, but the evaluation of, of how far soul advances on the planet can be defined as that difference in nature and what the sacrifice really entails and what the person really forfeited in order to uh, promote the welfare of others or the welfare of the planet. Also, there's the idea of faith. Faith is a measurement of the soul. Um, and one's attitude about faith. So if we talk about, you know, the grandmother that, that was so religious and she went to the synagogue or the church all the time or the mosque and, and she just devoted her life to God in terms of faith and devotion, you know, is that a measurement of the soul? Oh, certainly. But to what degree it, it expands into something that is terrifically transcendent, I don't know. I, I'm not one to judge that. But, but there are different levels of the advancement of the soul. And there are different departments. And one, I mean, someone who sacrifices themselves for the planet but does not believe in God and yeah. has little faith well, in anything celestial see there there's a, a confusion of 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 the soul's advancement so what has to happen if for the soul to advance into the highest degree it has to be absolute it has to have a, a certain totality that when you measure everything about the soul there is no flaw in terms of human the human condition there is no flaw in terms in terms of faith belief compassion because a lot of pessimistic, obnoxious people are still very, very um, chauvinistic in terms of their providing donations and helping others, and and uh, you know they're very strong in that in that area and and aggressive, but they could be bitter, uh, bitter people bitter to be around. Yeah. So there's you have to have the synthesis of all different elements when you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets a little bit, you know, to, to understand the depth of it all, uh, thank God we're not the ones who are judging. We don't have to ultimately decide how a human being's conduct is compared to being the absolute kind of human being it can be. But there are indications that it's got to be uh, holistic in its attitude and cover all areas. So that uh, there is no question at the end of one's life that 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 the, the the activity was impaired by some lack of activity that would be deemed necessary for the soul's advancement. So it's complicated. It, it is complicated. It is complicated. It is complicated. Um, and and uh, you know. Uh, uh, it's the eye of a needle, the, the camel and the needle metaphor. I don't know. We'll, we'll all find out sometime if we, you believe in the hereafter. You'll find out when you get up there what your grade is and what you have to face or maybe what you have to work on. Some people, 
I, I've been, I, in my observation, some people, they don't come back to the planet, but they're working very diligently on the astral plane for some form of advancement. And that seems to be some effort, even when the body is absent and there's, and there's energy in the soul. We know there's energy in the soul and the spirit just from biblical law, law, lore, because, you know, there's a war in heaven. Obviously, there's some kind of division uh, that it is inherent in the celestial kingdoms. Um, and there seems to be conditions and limitations, you know, a thousand-year reign. Why not eternal reign? And then it turns into eternal reign. But what are all these levels and divisions and contingencies and little seasons when, uh, you know, evil is released. And, of course, this is all in terms of Judeo-Christian biblical information, but in many religions, adverse religions and alternate religions, there are there, there's a strong sense of duality that goes on in terms of uh, what is good and what is evil and the light and dark of, of energy. Um, even the satanic verses uh, Rushdie's book starts off with the angels battling one another as they're falling to the earth. Uh, and we have, you know, throughout all of religions, we have this strong sense of duality that we can't seem to escape, depart from. So our souls are full of duality. When we get into the individual stages of our existence, we are a product of good and evil. We have light and dark within us. And to some degree, every human being does. For someone to say there wasn't a trace of anything dark in them, well, uh, there's got there's a trace somewhere. We're mortal. And so there's some flaw to the extent that there is a vulnerable areas of the soul that do not necessarily transcend according to one's own actions. We're all susceptible to, to ultimately decay and death. Well, and not only that, but you're, you know, as, as far as the astronomy is concerned, there's duality as well. So, I mean, you know, it, even in heaven, like you said, war in heaven. In heaven, why would there be a war if we're in, quote, unquote, heaven? Yeah. Right. I mean, we don't know. That was mentioned in the, in the New Testament, the war uh, was mentioned later in the New Testament, not in the Old Testament. But in the Old Testament, there is there is diversity. As soon as God put his finger on the planet, there was diversity. As soon as he made conditions in Eden, there was diversity. And if we're going to be literally, if we're going to be literal about it, one of the commandments, thou shalt not kill. Well, how many of us have inadvertently stepped on an insect without knowing it or done something to cause death to some living energy? So it's hard to say what how, what is the true definition of transcendence. Um, we can assume and we can evaluate what may, might be the conditions and the requirements. But none of us really know for sure. It's just a matter of uh, the human tongue and, and faith and some form of evaluation. But when we get it, but that nature is the soul. And it's hard to define 
specifically how we define the soul except through abstractions of language because we don't really know what it is except through those abstractions of language metaphorically and figuratively speaking uh, but there's no literal translation of the soul except that it's combined with the measurement of faith and belief but we can't see it right it's not tangible not tangible, not visible. There's no one's ever seen it. Um, and I'm not talking about some misty form that comes out of the body where someone says they saw a soul. Right, I know. People say, you know, reading auras, you can see contents of the person's astral, astral body and things like that. But I mean, you know, like in those photographs that they take. But that's, to me, not real evidence necessarily of, you know, uh, capturing well, that's, actual no, soul. that's just it. Why the limitation? Why did our, the creator put into our existence a limitation of sight? Why, why is it that the creator did not provide for absolute encompassing sight into the celestial realm? There's a reason probably for that. Some of us are inspired and we see things beyond extraordinary, uh, the extraordinary ability of the eye, the naked eye. And some of us have the ability to see into the astral realm through the third eye. But no one, no one on the planet has absolute creator-inspired vision. Right, but then you, I mean, that brings us back to the Garden of Eden and the, the Tree of Knowledge and, you know, the eating of the tree of knowledge, which did not, you know, ultimately resulted in the expulsion of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, but did not, I mean, that knowledge did not become absolute. No, I mean, the eye will be opened. The eye was opened to some extent, but not to a full, fully aware extent in terms of all, all, all knowingness. Well, my, my theory is that the, the eye being opened is still caged within the physical body. So the physical body provides is, is, is a limitation, is, an, is, a, is a strong limitation as long as the human breath is going on. And we seem to have a collar. <laughs> we do. Excuse me. We have a coffer and a collar. A coffer and a collar. Okay. Okay, three. Hi. you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Today is my birthday, December the 1st. <laughs> Hi, happy birthday. And what's your, what year are you born? 67. 1967. Who's calling, please? My name is Sonia. So, Sonia. I, you know, I was getting a Sally around. Do you happen to know a Sally? Anywhere in your life? Years ago, yes. It was my neighbor. You lived next to a Sally because that's what we I was did. I was getting that name for some reason. It, quick story about Sally, and then we'll get to your question. I mean, what was your relationship like with her? She was a very nice lady. She was uh, my, my parents' um, uh, friend. They were our neighbors. And so um, just, when I, huh? she's passed now. She's passed now. Hmm. Yes. So she was your neighbor growing up. Your, she was friends with your parents. Correct. That is correct. So this is from childhood. I don't know why, why it came up. 
<laughs> but it did. Okay. I was directed here. I just happened to find you. It's so weird. It's so divine because I just happened to, I was just doing my horoscope and I just happened to come by this blog and I kept clicking for some reason I wouldn't. And I got to your number and I was like, hmm. And then I backed up and I said, call it. And then I went through. So I, I where I am in my life spiritually leveling up, um, there's been a lot of transformations for me. And um, I must try to ask this question and not be emotional. Okay. But I've been going through a lot of um, transformation spiritually and signs, and I feel like I'm intuitive. I don't know, but I come and run with a Scorpio who is a classmate, and it's been really strong. But I found that I have a lot of Scorpio tendency um, in my house and, and with me on my in my chart. And so now when I'm looking at listening Scorpio, a lot of the things are resonating with me that I'm confused now if it's me or him or both or what, but um, we're at a standstill and I've tried to reach out, but I want to know, is it right? Is it divine? It's, it's, I feel like it's a twin flame or something. I, it's just been real strong, but I've pulled back. Okay, let's and get this person's birth date, please. 11, 15, I'm sorry, again? Oh. November 15th, 1967. Okay, so you're born in the same year. Yeah, yeah went to college together. You're, he's born in 1957, did you say? Five, seven? Seven. We're both the same year. 67. Oh, yeah. Six, seven. Yes. That's what I thought. I thought we were hearing different things. Neil and I, eight, 18, and he's a 31, four. Five, six, seven, eight. So you're... Um, did I do that right? Yeah. Okay. So when you add, he's a four, you're a nine. When you add your master numbers together, nine, four, it becomes a 13, which is in his inverted karmic number. So we're kind of going to go into the a numerology realm, which may be a little bit different than where you're coming from astrologically, but we can explain connections this way um, mm-hmm. a little bit. You both have, they both have 11s. I mean, mm-hmm. hers is divided by a two. Um, but months add up to a twelve, which is her month. Right. Of course, their years are the same. Let me see, four and nine. So, yeah, I mean, it's a karmic connection. It's a karmic connection. Well, mm-hmm. to Sonia's uh, twelve is a three, and then with her day it was one thirty-one. That's his, his karmic, karmic number. number. So yeah. you have a past That's life right. connection with this man. That's what I thought. I, he's made those comments to me, and but I wasn't there at the time. At the beginning, I didn't wasn't. I was working on transforming at the time. It's been a tough year for me, a difficult year. You're you're going through a change, just to let you know, um, because I, you you just turned fifty-four today, right? You're fifty-four. Yep. Yep. Yes. So that's that's your 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 beginning your sixth cycle of your master number nine at this age. So it's a time it's a major change. It's a time for major change in your life. Yeah. So I don't know if you can what what other changes may be going on besides this whatever's going on in this relationship. But what else is going on on a before you go on, uh, just question. Do you have a daughter? I have three. Is there any estrangement between you and one of your daughters where there isn't yes. communication? 
Yes, my middle daughter. Okay. okay. So what, when uh, Kristen was talking and you were talking about some of the changes and stress in your life, what came to me was the estrangement you have with one of your daughters. So on the yes. What's that? Yes, I felt that. I felt it was Sakari. I felt that she my twin. I felt it was her. Yeah. Well, you have a you ha- okay, so what can what happened was when you came into the planet and gave birth to this daughter, there was a past life strife. It was already there. It, you didn't create it. It was already established. And you brought her into the world to try to work it out. Now, now that's okay. Because your, your, your karmic life, Sonia, was composed of a lot of strife and trouble. Yeah, really. Nine, well, wait a minute. Your nine says that you endure. And you have a seven, which means that you have a strong aspect of the third eye, and you have a spiritual connection to the planet and to the universe. I know you're crying and upset, and we can get to that. What I've been feeling, and you're you're making sense of everything I've been feeling. I just didn't know what was going on. Well, it don't. Listen, don't worry. What, you don't need to worry because you're working out the plot in the book. It's like you got a, a novel off the library shelf and you got it out of the suspense section and you're yeah. reading it and you're going, why isn't this funny? Because it's not <laughs> your book. Your book in life was meant to go. You were meant to go through this, so don't worry about it. The okay. merit of what you're going through will be measured by, by how much faith you have, how yeah. you keep your spirit intact. Uh, even with your soulmate, you know, your, this man, he's an 11 and his last number is 7. That's 2-7. Well, that's your karmic number, 27, because he's born in November. That's a 2, and he's got yes. 7 as his last number. So there's 27. That's your karmic number, 27. You're at 27-9, just as much as he's a 31, and you have a 31 in your 12-1. The issue, don't worry about him. He's fine. You're working. The issue is with your daughter. So yes. you get your daughter's birth date. It's December 13th, <laughs> 1999. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And my dad is November 26th. And I've been, so, you know, right, she's December 13th. Ain't that funny? It's it, 1999. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's, a she's so yeah. spiritual she's i don't know it's something special about it's just something well, about her explain the 17 between the two master numbers and her first and last huh she's an eight the daughter's an eight and she's an oh yeah eight. well i mean sonia's first and last numbers are eight also, your day and last number is an eight, which is your daughter's master number. In other words, you're a nine and your daughter's an eight. eight. That's you could 17, 17 together. And uh, and your first and last numbers are one, one and seven. seven. Uh-huh. So, so, so there's a connection. That means there's a strong connection. Not that only that, but you're born 12-1. She's born 12-13. So the first three 
three numbers of your birth dates are the same. Yep. Yep. She's running from me. I've set up times to try to talk to her. She says she's coming. It's always something that comes up. And I'm trying to... Go ahead. She's just running, and I've been trying to get her to make peace with. It's nothing of argument. It's just I think that she didn't feel wanted, and I'm trying to work that out and let her know. But... There was a divorce. Did you were you divorced? No. Um I had her her dad and me, um, we weren't together. It was a a childhood relationship, uh, ran into each other, oops, where'd you come from? But we worked together with her and at the end he took over the care for her and um I think that he basically took her from me and lied to her that I had given her up and I hadn't. Yeah. But that, that's, that's why she's brain print. That's the divorce, the quote divorce. Yep. The divorce yep. in terms of a higher definition would be that the father, the the father uh, of the child uh-huh. was was diabolical and, and put you down, which sure did. Was, you see, and uh-huh. that caused that was due to karma because there's something in the karmic element, past life speaking, where you yeah. and this human being in a past life were in rife and conflict. Well, right. you both okay. came back to work that out, but obviously he didn't choose a higher path and he chose to stab you in the back, which he means that your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, matter, and I took the high road because I did not retaliate when I was getting her. I, I could have, ex- you know, my, my, my authority because he wasn't her guardian, but I didn't want to destroy the relationship between her well, and her father. That that's good that you didn't do that because you took the higher path, which is that's going to help release you from karma from this individual, number one. Two, something I thought that's interesting is the man in question that you're, you know, the 111567, his first three numbers are eight, add up to eight, which is your daughter's master number, rather. Five, he's born on well, 1115. Do we have the birth date of the father? Yeah, no. What's the My father's father. birth date? Not the, oh, the father's father. children. I don't know. He's born in 67. He's born in May. I don't know exactly. Yeah, May of 67, because we're kind of... Well, there's the five hand, which is coming up in this other man's birth date. But, um, I, you know, without the pro birth date, it makes it a little bit more challenging. Well, you see, if he's born in May, if he's born in May, mm-hmm. and you're born in December, five, seven. that's an eight right there. Yep, and you just connected. Mm-hmm. Huh? That would seem to just be connected. Well, well, you're connected to him, and you're also connected to this other fellow that you're interested in because he his first four numbers add up to eight. Right. So your month and the month of the father of your daughter adds up to eight, five, one, two. Mm-hmm. And this man that you were talking about that you're involved with is yes. 11, 15, which is an eight. Yes. So you yeah. got you you came back with a very convoluted journey in the family zone. Yep. Probably due to some mistakes you made in a past life. You can't absolutely solve that. What you got to do is remain, like you said, steadfast in your faith, your spirit, your well-being. Um, 
you know, and, and just pray that maybe your daughter will come around. But you're not responsible for your daughter coming around. You're just responsible for taking care of your, your attitude. But I think she had a specific question about this gentleman. It, was there a question about this relationship yes. that you had? Because I, 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 he's so mysterious. And, and, but then as I've been through my journey, because it started in February, we ran into each other again. And it was like, gosh, we'd always run into each other and keep – it was just by fate. But this time it, it, it turned into um, us, us dating and going out and, and getting to know each other from February. But it built so quick, and I ran. But anyway, it's been a – where he's at, he's talked spiritually, things that I was transforming. And he's really opened up my eyes since he's coming to my life. Or maybe I was already going through it. I didn't realize it when he came in. But I really – Felt a lot of transformation that I've been going through. That I've left a relationship of, of years that we weren't getting married. I moved. I, I re, during the, in, um, in uh, February I, I ended that relationship so of years, and I I wanted to start off my spiritual path to go right. So I've been on that journey, but now the last two months I haven't. I pulled back from him, and. Um, but now we've been connected, and I'll probably see him today, but I want to make peace. Is this – am I am I feeling that he is sincere? Is it someone else? I don't know. Um, but I keep feeling drawn back to him, and I don't know. I want to know before I move well, on. It's well, like, I mean, regarding this – why, why, what were the, why did you pull away from him? I mean, was there problems with communication, commitment yeah, that level? right there. He does something, he triggers me when we, I get butterflies in my stomach. I would sometimes be concerned and thinking about him so hard. Then he would call me every time and it would freak me out when I'm thinking about him really hard, which is, was all day, every day. It, was, it became too much overwhelming that I was feeling it in my body. I had to pull back. And then when I asked a question, I, when I, he was coming forth and I kind of was hesitant and then I was coming forth and, and he's hesitant. So I don't know where we are, but he triggers me so bad in my stomach. I never have a problem talking to a man. I never, I'm confident, but this one does something to me physically that I, I think about him all the time. I think lessons, I listen, I recall and, and realize things, but I, I took a I took a time back, and um, when I told him that I had needs and desires, he says he was on where he was in his life. He learned to let go and let God. That was the last conversation for two weeks, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to try to level up on him and show him. And I text, if you're not going to talk to me, then end it. I'll end it for you. Delete my number. Wow, that was me and my ego. Um, that was in October. His birthday come around. I text him, happy birthday. He responds. Thanksgiving, same, and then I have a gift for him that is a buried a hatchet coffin that it's a new design, and I wanted to give, meet with him um, to give it to him, and I told him I was leaving to his attorneys. He checked back. No, he says, please find time to meet with me. I'm in Georgia, and I'll call you as soon as I get back. That was Thanksgiving Day. <sighs> well, you know, men who, uh, men, unfortunately, you know, he's, Men who were born in, in November to have an 11, yeah, there's sometimes problems. Whenever there's an 11, there's sometimes a problem going on. You have an 11 separated by a 2. He has a straight 11. Plus, well, it's twice, really. 
He has three ones. Yeah, so. he has it going on twice. Uh, they, there can be a dark side to him. There probably is. Uh, you know, you have a karmic connection to him to work out, but here's the thing, uh, Sonia. If you're not comfortable with him, what I'm getting is that you don't have, have to, to stay with stay him. Stay with him. Exactly. You, know, if, you don't have to. So if it's becoming a problem for you and more of a, a problem than you need, let go of it and just I, move on. Your yeah. problem would be that you might be a little bit obsessed with him. Yeah, I mean, and, it's not a destiny so. relationship. It's, you know, there will be other men that will come around. But the fact I that you're that. Yeah. I have men, and I'm not looking. I don't. I I keep them. I that's not even a problem. I didn't. No. That's never. Been, yeah, and I don't mean to be. I'm not cocky. I'm just let, no. what I'm going through. Like an abundance no. of people coming out to me lately. But I mean, to be to be caught up in a relationship with a person who isn't really meeting you at your level of needs. Obviously, you have this somewhat fixation on him and attachment, and he's not completely emotionally available, and that's not healthy. So, you know, uh, detaching from him might be a better choice than staying staying with him. I mean, that's my perspective personally. Um, Yeah, I... uh, you know, I, we don't want to judge the guy, but I would have suspicions about his behavior behind your back. I I, I would have suspicions. That's what I've Just been feeling. That's the, where it was, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you don't mean that. You know, I mean, you can, you, can, uh, you can observe the fact that there's a karmic element between the two of you, but if you, as long as you're calling our show, that's already established. What your journey is now about is maybe transcending that and finding how to let go of karma without guilt and moving forward and finding, you know, some uh, level of happiness and contentment. Whether that's being by yourself or finding, finding another partner, it's up to you. So he came in my life to teach me something, to open up my eyes, probably to not be vulnerable and be able to speak up. I don't, he came well, in my life to teach me. You can look at it that way, but there's yeah. a past life connection. You guys have a past life together, and there's something that needs to be worked out karmically with him from that past, previous past life that you had. So that's why you encounter many individuals in life. I mean, there are different levels of karma. Some relationships are good. Some relationships have a lot of problems in them. And, you know, sometimes cutting off the tie, ending the relationship is the way to cut off the karma. You know, when, you know, let's face it, Sonia, you, you came in with some troubles in relationships. And even with your daughter, whose last number in the, her day is a three, and the last number in your day is a one, that's 31. 31. That's this guy's uh, karmic, karmic number, right. 30. <laughs> you know, okay, so you came in with some karma. Uh, we all do. And obviously, you have karma in the, in the attitude of relationships, maybe other things too. But what the universe is saying here is, okay, you got karma, Sonia, work through it, be of high faith, yeah. and uh, don't let it confuse you in terms of getting too depressed or whatever. You're a very emotional person. And yeah. you know, so you're in, you're, you're, it's easy to tap into you and the tears come. 
But what you got to do is to say, okay, I'm not going to proceed with guilt. I'm going to, whatever I've done wrong, I will accept, but I'm going to move forward and I'll always keep an open heart. But if you're, if you're cast in doubt and fear, if the shadows seem uncomfortable with this guy, if we're talking about him, move out of yep. it. That's what I thought. Yeah. This is such an awesome birthday gift for me to call in and get you all and get such your time and your just compassion and truth. And it was amazing. And I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate that. And we hope that you have a happy birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. Follow us if you want. Yeah. And, you can like, uh, our page. like our page, you know, show some sure support. Will. That's up to you. I but. sure will. We'd appreciate mm-hmm. it. And, I uh, appreciate you. Happy birthday. Thank you. And love and like you. Thank you so much. So much. Well, you're 54. Celebrate. This is the opening multiple of your third eye, your awakening. Yep, yep. Nothing but good things coming forward. But I'm a fighter just from my sign. I, I, I don't let them see it, but I needed that confirmation. And it's awake. And I, now I can know how to move forward. And I thank you so much. You have you're a welcome. wonderful day. Blessings to your show. You're going to really just blow up even more. <laughs> well, not, hopefully not literally. Yeah. <laughs> not literally. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no it's Sagittarius. My heart's saying it right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay, take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. All right. Well, it's the end of the line for the day. Yeah, we reached the... Uh, we had one caller, and and we had ability to talk about time to talk about the soul. ability, the ability. Well, <laughs> we hope we have the intact. Yeah. Okay, back on the air on Friday. Speak with you then. Bye bye.